and welcome to the Weekly Scroll Podcast. My name is Ryan, and today we have a special guest with us that is M. Allen Hall. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing just fine. How are you? You know, I'm I'm getting there. We're getting along here. So, yeah, so um, the time zone difference a little bit for you. You know, that's everybody. The best is when we talk to people in Europe who are only like 12 hours ahead. So, you know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Um, we're here talking today about Godspark, which is yeah. a project that's going out. Are you doing this for Zemo, ZineQuest, or just February is a good month to drop stuff? So, yeah, it was. it's for ZineQuest. Um, it's actually going to start before and then run mm -hmm. into February. So it starts on Tuesday, and then it's going to run into February um, to get it on, which qualified it for like the ZineQuest badge and that kind of stuff on uh, Kickstarter. There you go. Um, before we get to Godspark, though, because we'll talk about plenty of that, um, who... Who's M. Allen Hall? Who the who the who the heck are you? What have you done? What what? Um, let's talk about what you've put out because you've put out quite a bit already, actually, even before getting to this. So, um, what are some things people might know you for? Or you know, let's talk about what kind of got us to God's part. Sure. So, um, I uh, I started with role playing games only four or five years ago. Uh, started playing Dungeons and Dragons, um, and from that I. The first thing I wrote uh, was actually a novel series that was all set in a campaign of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, that writing novels was an experience that I don't really recommend. Um, but uh, once I was through with that, uh, I actually started writing a, a Mork Borg module. It was like my first thing that I wrote that was playable. And I, I wrote it because I had seen other people publishing Mark Borg modules. I had heard about Mark Borg um, and put that out there. And like literally the next day, I got a message on itch that was like, oh, I played this with my group and we had a lot of fun. And that like instant feedback, I was like, I'm hooked. Like people like I can like put just put this thing out for free in the universe and then people are going to like read it and play it and then tell me they liked it. Like that's all I'm looking for here. I want people to just tell me they like this stuff. So um started by writing modules and then advanced from there uh to uh writing full games and um written a full a couple full games started with uh some uh copying some SRD off uh, some of uh, SRDs uh, so Stork Raven Madge is my uh wretched and alone game um and then moved from there to full featured role playing games of my own which Sprinkles is missing was my uh, big release last year as a it's a kid focused game but we find everybody can have fun with it and then uh the end of last year i started working on godspark and so that's where we are yeah so I've, I've said this before we got started i sprinkles is missing is great i really enjoy it i i i think there's a huge opening for a lot of uh kid focused games because a lot of you know, us people in this scene are not uh, kids anymore. And a lot of us, I mean, I don't, um, but a lot of people have kids. And I think uh, a lot of people would really enjoy um, having something that they can play with their kids. Because, I mean, you can theoretically do D&D if you really want to, but 5e is not, I've never found it to be um, uh, super kid friendly without chopping it to pieces. So a system like Sprinkles is Missing was great. First of all, it's super cute. And very positively, I mean that in a great way. You're you're looking for your missing unicorn. Um, there you go. The the forest uh, crawl is super interesting with the with the tables, and uh, the system is. I mean, d6, and you get more, and you got to hit a target number, and it's pretty straightforward. So, uh, what was um what was kind of the impetus for? I mean, what was the impetus for Sprinkles is missing? And uh, I know there's an expansion for it. How how was the process of putting that out and everything? Um. So it uh. It started, can I, 
uh, I don't know, can, can I curse on this stream? Oh, fuck right? yeah, Abso absolutely. Okay, cool. um, yep. So it started, I played uh, the demo for You're in Space and Everything's Fucked um, with my wife and we played it and we had a blast with it. And I was like, oh, this is an awesome game. My kids would love this. So I got, my kids are eight, 10 and 12. Um, but I'm like, I cannot put them in front of a game that's called You're in Space and Everything's Fucked. Um, so with that, I was like, I should just take this and reskin it as something that, uh, yeah, I got my, I got my hardcovers like three days ago there. It's beautiful. It's a great book. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, I was like, I need to make change this. So it's something that I could like play with my kids. Um, and so that was the inspiration for it. So the idea that it's something that's spun generated on the fly as you're going. Um, and then as I was going through the process of reskinning, I realized that there were certain opportunities there um, to do things like make it more accessible for brand new game runners. Um, because there, at least in the in the demo version that they put out while, while the Kickstarter was going, there was still there was still a lot of weight put on the game runner to spontaneously generate the rooms and the the the, the dangers and what and what happens. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna take it, I want to make it so. So you don't need to know anything about running games so that you can run this game. So it's very much laid out like that you read either sections in every for every scene. The scenes are already laid out. This is the problem you're going to present to the players. Um, these are the you just read straight from the book. This is what they see. And then there's clear suggestions for how they could solve the problem, what you could suggest to them to solve the problem, that kind of thing. So it, was, it sort of started as just like I should just reskin this for something that's PG. Um, and then it, you know, yeah, as things do, it morphed into let's make a, a system that's really accessible for everybody. Yeah. And it's, um, it is, like I said, it's really good. You know, when I read through it, uh, it's laid out really well. Like you just said, like you could, you know, we, we talk a lot on the show here, you know, cause we do some like weird shit on here. Like a lot of people make some weird stuff that have been doing it for a long time. And a lot of games just aren't like gonna be people's first games you know what i mean and yeah. uh but sprinkles was missing easily could like i could grab anyone off the street slap that in their hand and they could be running the game for people in like 15 minutes like it's like super easy just grab a handful of d6s um and that's a really big uh like positive for the system i mean whether you're playing it or running it um it's it was really approachable and like i said as a kid-friendly system in a space that i think could use a lot more kid-friendly games like it's it's really well done so that was that was great thank you I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll say so. We had a, um, I was at PAX Unplugged uh, this year, and I uh, had a booth there, and we also had a demo table for, uh, and we were running Sprinkles is Missing, and like some, you know, so we had, we, I don't know, we ran ten or twelve games over the course of the weekend, and some games were like, you know, there were parent with their kids or whatever, and we played it, but then we had, you know, we had some that were just like five like tatted up biker guys that like have been playing D and D since like the early '80s, and like they're gonna be, uh, they're gonna go looking for their unicorn. And they, everybody's having a blast and like people, everybody can have fun with it. You know, like I always, when I pitch it, I always say like, it's good for like six to 12 and adults. And I'm like, a teenager could definitely play this and have fun, but I'm not going to promise you your teenager is going to want to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I, like I said, a lot of space for it. You know, there are one of the reasons Mass Rider is so popular is because it's really great, but it's also really approachable for families. Um, and uh, I mean like princess in peril and stuff like that. Who doesn't? Who didn't play like, gosh, what is the name of that board game where you have to dress up as a princess? Because my sisters made me play that like crazy. It was when we were a kid. She never had that. Dress Someone up. in chat no, don't know what I'm talking about. You 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 had to get all the princess parts, you know, like clip on earrings and stuff. Anyway, I had two sisters. So um, okay. Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar I'm not with that one. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it like I said, it's great. And then as far as um, 
putting out a project, having something that um, put into people's hands, like, you know, obviously you're doing it again. So it didn't, it didn't, it didn't kill you. Um, no, it was, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, it was, uh, it was a process. And now, so I'll say I started that project in like uh, June of last year. And the, and at the time it was because crowdfunder was doing like uh focus on kids stuff. It was like, that was their month for kid focused products or whatever. Um, and so I ran it for that and it went terribly. And so it was like, I had like three backers and I like immediately, I took it down after like four days. I'm like, no, 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 we're done with this. Um, so I still ended up obviously making the game and put it out a little later than I may have hoped for. Um, so uh, it was a, a bit of a stretch for but I was thinking, you know what, I'll try Zine Quest. It's like, that didn't work out, but let's go ahead, try another uh, crowdfunder thing, crowdfunding thing. Uh, and that's where I was like, what can I do? That's where the Godspark uh, came from as sort of the next step for that. Gotcha. And um, so what made you want to do, because Godspark is a, is a solo pen and paper adventure game, not like a journaling game, because you've written solo adventure games or solo journaling games. You've yep. done Merkborg, you've done Cyborg, you've done Lost Bay, you've done Liminal Horror, you've done Sprinkles is Missing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, right. So I wanted to do a game. So there was, there was at PAXU, there was lots of attention to solo games. So I already had a few solo games. Uh, two couple journaling games and one that's uh, like a solo hex crawling sort of again playing on the border between role playing and board games. I um, mean, I think that's what Godspark does too. Like, I don't call it a solo role playing game on the uh, like on the Kickstarter page or anything like that. Like, I really think that this is a this is an adventure game. So um, honestly, a lot of inspiration from Miru. Uh, so Hainokoto, amazing game. Um, and so the idea of yes, there is a role that you're playing. But really, you could ignore that and play this as just a tactical board game. Um, and so I like the one player aspect. Uh, and that was uh, where I started. And I had an idea for, oh, it would be cool. Like if we were just, you just woke up in a place and there are these just like monstrous bodies like falling from the sky. Like that'd be awesome. You have to search through. And that'd be like, to, every, everybody's going to love that. Uh, put a skull on the front. It'll be perfect. Um, yeah. And so from that, I sort of went like, where could I take this? How could I make this into a game? That's where I went, got found. So we're, there's Godfalls or what they're called. Um, it's like, those are the good bodies of dead gods. And uh, we're going to go look through them. We're going to need some, go look for some, uh, some God sparks, which is like the divine energy in the game. Um, and so from there, I sort of worked through, how is that going to work? How are we going to make a game out of this? And now we have God spark. Yeah. So, um, so I just brought up the cover and it's a great looking cover. Um, Thank you. Definitely uh, snagged me as soon as I saw it, um, and you. We'll, we'll get to some spreads here in a little bit too, because it's really it's a it's a beautiful looking game. Are you doing um, all of the graphic design and layout and stuff too, or do you have people coming in for that? No, that was all me. Um, so I've done the with so with one. There's one art piece in the final uh, in the final uh, layout that uh, I did have uh, was done by uh, Strega Wolf Vandenberg. Um, so I had them do uh, one piece because it was just sort of, I knew what I wanted it to look like and it was just outside my skill level. Um, so I do, we do have that, uh, in the final book, but, uh, most everything else was me. And so I did the layouts. I did the, uh, the covers, the skulls are all me. It was just like, you know, I like one of the things I really enjoy about making games is I get to do all those other aspects. So like when I started and I was, I was writing novels, and layout for novels is just like one column of words that just goes on forever. Um, 
what what I've been able switching to games, I've been able to learn learn about laying out the text, learn about illustration, learn about all these other things. They're just it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's fun uh, just doing everything, learning everything. Um, and so for this game, I do uh, I've been doing most of the stuff. So yeah, yeah. So, go ahead. No, yeah. So I was just bringing up some of the spreads here. This is uh, the page two. I love I love whenever whenever a layout crosses the the middle page. It just it's nice, right? I, yeah. I had a lot of I had a lot of fun with this. I've really I really enjoyed making the the spreads. Everyone's they're all different. Um, well, they're all so two thirds of the book, which is the the rule book part, is every spread is like completely different from every other one. Um, and so that so yeah, we've got the the violent spread up now. Uh, it's just it was just a lot of fun just incorporating just straight photography, with a little bit of editing um, into the different text layouts. So it was it was an, you know it was an exercise for me. Uh, but it was a lot of fun putting it together. And I think, you know, it, what we end up with is, is a nice accessible thing. It's also nice to look at. I mean, novels, every game system under the sun so far, layout, art, like everything kind of, kind of just hitting everything from, from all angles, huh? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I like to, I like to have work on skills and something I'm working, I'm getting into for, I've got another project coming out. So at some point this year, um, that's uh, it's a tarot based game. Um, so I started drawing some tarot cards. And so I actually have some like physical ink and watercolor uh, drawings now of tarot cards that I've made. And it's just like working with like physical media, which is not something I'd ever done before has been really fun and to learn about to learn to watch YouTube videos and how to do these different things. Uh, it's just fun just like doing everything. And that's what I said, like, cool stuff about games is they need all these different things. So you can learn how to do all these different things. Like sure. You can also like get people to help you and like hire people and stuff like that. But this is just for, you know, I'm just doing this for fun. So I just learn it myself. There you go. Hey, listen, anyone that can do it all themselves saves a lot of money. And, uh, you know, if it looks like I said, these spreads are great. So, um, you know, uh, if you can do it and you're doing it this well, then I would definitely just keep doing it. So, um, so Godspark though. So it is a, you describe it on your website as like a pen and paper adventure game. Um, kind of reminds me of like uh, like Twelve Years from Max Moon or something like that, where you're, you're playing through as a character. Uh, can you do you want to walk us through like you said you're seeking you're going across this world seeking these god sparks? But um, is it did you adapt like um, a, another adventure game system? Kind of how you did with Sprinkles is missing, or did you come up with this whole system by your like? Oh, this your... was this was all this is all brand new. Um, so the way it works is you start the game and the idea is you wake up and you are, you have been granted a God spark by your God as they died. And so in, in my original, uh, idea of the game, every God spark was a D six. And what I quickly found out is I was going to need like 30 or 40 D sixes to play this game, which is fine for me. Cause I have lots of dice. But uh, the I got some quick feedback that it might be unreasonable to ask other people to also have thirty or forty d sixes to play a game. So with that, um, I uh, I changed things some things up. So every Godspark is represents a d six, and the Godsparks as the uh, resource. So it's a bit of a resource management game. Um, they are going to be they're going to drive everything. So when you you have hit points, we call it just life, and um, the uh, hit points go to every round of the game. You're going to decrease. You're going to lose one hit point. Just everything's decaying. Everything's walk is, you know, entropy is uh, accelerated in this place. You're losing hit points all the time. 
you're looking for God sparks, which I'll get to a second, how you find them. But as you find them, you can use them to replenish your life. So as you're going through on your, on the, the sheet that you use to track the game, um, you're collecting God sparks in one section of the sheet. And as you have them, you can move them onto other sections of the sheet, essentially. Uh, and so if you move one into your life, you now you just gain another six pips of life. That's on the D six. Uh, for items, which we'll call relics, three types of relics. You've got weapons, armor, and transport. And each of those is going to be, when you use them, you're rolling D6s. And when you create them, you create them from God Sparks. And the number of God Sparks you use is how much power they have. And that's how many D6s you roll when you use them. So if you've got like a power two weapon, when you are fighting an angel, which are the monsters in the game, you're going to roll two D6s. And so that's all great, but I wanted it to be a limited resource and I wanted it to be there to be risks to using it. So pretty much anytime you roll a one in the game, you're going to be losing a D6 from whatever it was you were doing. So if you are using your weapon and you roll two D6s and one of them comes up as a one, your weapon just broke and now it's only a one D6 weapon. Uh, if you were using your transport and you roll a one, now it broke and you, it is degrading and you it's going to get weaker each time you do it. Um, and the same goes for enemies. When if your enemy attacks you and they roll a one, they're going to lose an attack die. So everything it, rolling a one is going to be reducing what you use. When you perform miracles, which are the, the magic essentially of the game, uh, you'll take God sparks that you have saved up and you'll roll, depending on the strength of the miracle, a number of D6s. And again, if any rolls one, it doesn't count towards succeeding in that miracle. Winning the game requires casting the highest level miracle, the miracle of ascension. And so you need to save up essentially, you essentially need to fill up your entire God Spark pool. Um, all of your storage has to be full of, of unused God Sparks, and you have to roll all of them and hope that none come up as a one. And there's some recourse if some do, and you're trying to win the game. Um, you can have some re-rolls that you've saved up from earlier in the game. But uh, but that's sort of how it goes. And you're going to be going into these dead gods, which show up on a, a hex map throughout the game. They show up randomly, so each time you don't know how far you're going to have to go to get to the next one. And that transport time is going to be costing you time. And if it's costing time, it's costing life. Uh, and so all of that is going to be moving around. And then in the gods, you're going to use the playing cards to find out what kind of what areas you'll find in those gods. And some are going to give you god sparks, and sometimes you're going to find uh, NPCs. So there's other saints uh, in the game, um, some of which can join you and become essentially like uh, companions. Uh, and that, or you might find angels, which is going to be fighting and the battles are meant to be short and hard and deadly. So, you know, you, it'll be a two rounds and one of you is going to be dead. Uh, there's some recourse again for you to come back and be reincarnated sort of on the spot and keep going with that battle. But I really just wanted everything to be really fast and everything is really dependent on those God sparks. Yeah, I mean, it sounds brutal. Like, it's like extreme usage die, because it's not like, oh, you go down one. It's like, no, it's just gone. Yeah. No, so, yeah, usage. So using usage dice, like, what game? There was, so I, at first I was thinking about doing a usage die situation, but I really wanted it just to be D6s. And doing, mm -hmm. like, um, I think it's Fallen that has goes from D20 yeah, to D12. From yeah. Um, and I saw that, and I was like, you know, something I learned again, not asking somebody to have 40 D sixes on hand. Uh, if I ask people to have a full set of RPG dice, that's going to be a barrier, but hmm. pretty, even if you've never played an RPG, you probably have a D six somewhere in your house. Hmm. And like, you can play this game with one D six. It'd be a little annoying for some of the roles, but it would work. Um, but I wanted, so I, it's in the, in the, 
um, attempt at accessibility, I really wanted to just be D6s. And I, I did, I've done that for some other games. Whereas earlier I was using full like D20 for this, D12 for that. It's like, no, let's just make everything D6s because that's something I can feel more comfortable that everybody's going to have. Um, especially when I'm going to conventions and I have, you know, a different audience that I'm getting uh, traffic in my itch page. Like if you're finding an itch page for a role-playing game, you probably have a full set of dice somewhere. Um, there are people that wander by, and I, I'm at a convention at a brewery in town, like mm, not everybody there is going to have a D20. So right. um, so I, I, I like the idea of focusing on just the D6s. No, I mean, that's a great, that's a great thing to do for accessibility. And I'm a huge fan of 2D. Anyone, anyone that watches the show normally knows that that D6s and 2D6s are my favorite. Um, uh, so, uh, I mean, I, of course I have a million, but it, it's, it's really interesting to hear, um, kind of like the whys. Like, I love that it's for accessibility and, but I also, I, I love the idea that, um, I mean, I, you're right. I do have 40 D6s, but I like that it's more representative too. So it, it just feels cleaner. Um, so, the the premise of the game is basically to just keep finding enough god sparks while you have enough energy to finally cast this final miracle of ascension. Correct. Yeah, you need to um so the it you to cast the ascension miracle, you need to roll six, you need to cast perform a miracle with 66, which is it's the highest level miracle in the game. Um and your pool that you can have saved up is at most 76. You can have up to four uh, every time you perform a miracle and you roll a one. That doesn't help. That that's a sort of a failure. So if you're trying to just so say you're trying to make a weapon with and you say I'm going to make a one power weapon, I'm going to roll one d six. If you roll a one, you get nothing. But that and you lose that god's bar because it's a one. So you're not getting nothing. Nothing that be, goes into another column on the sheet, which is essentially a reroll. And so you can save that for later. And so you can have up to four little re-rolls. It's just re-rolling one die. So it's not like, so if I roll all six and I roll two ones, well, if I've got two re-rolls in my pile, I can re-roll those two and hopefully they won't be ones and I can still get that last miracle. So I, I it didn't, it was a little, like you said, a little, so I, in one of my own playthroughs, I failed the six dice roll three times. And so like I'd roll six, I'd lose one or two, and then I have to like keep going to find more and I get it and I roll it and I'd lose more and I'd keep going. And I was like, that wasn't very much fun. So I was like, how can I, how can we make something come from that failure? And that's where we got the re-rolls from. Awesome. No, it's so. I mean, this speaks right to my grim, dark kind of heart. Um, it sounds great. Yeah, um, uh, Panion Games is in the chat, and they said that uh, after Sprinkles was missing, they thought you were kid focused, but now they know better. Um, <laughs> you know, it was so. I have a, a journaling game uh, called Unhallowed, and it on for the cover for that, and it's it's literally it's a pan, it's a one page it's a one one page front and back game when it's printed, um, and for the cover of that I made like a uh, sort of like a, a a metal like a heavy metal logo of the word unhallowed, uh, and then I sort of like fused it onto a deer skull because it's sort of like an, a dark forest kind of a thing, and I literally made that game in a weekend like three days, two days for writing, one to make the deer skull done. And that is my highest selling product ever. And I'm convinced it's just because it has like the creepy deer skull on the front. And that's, so that's why I said like, I'm going to put a skull on the front. And I was like, my learning from that, people like skulls. So yeah. they've got a, so now we have a deer skull. Uh, now we have a skull on the front of God's Bark. 
I was like, how can I make a skull be part of this? Because that's in, you know, I, so, you know, so I'm running uh, like Facebook ads for the getting ready to the Kickstarter. And like, it's just a big old skull and says, your God is dead. And it's working really well. Yeah. Hey, listen, I mean, not going to lie though, the, I'm looking at the unhallowed um, cover right now and it's it's pretty badass like i would i would i would play this so See, that's, like chat, i said that's, like, that's that's literally like my highest selling product ever and i'm convinced it's not because people wanted to play a journaling game which is what it is it's because they see that they're like oh, that's cool i don't know what this is but like that's cool i want that yeah Hey, art, art sells games, you know, that really does, which makes me wish I was better at it. But hey, listen, you're good. Uh, so keep going. But, you it's know, like, if I could make that, couple, I'd be happy. I've done a couple things. OK, it's like in, more generally, it would be nice to be to be more confident in it, especially because one of another a project that's come up in the last few days that is in playtesting now is a uh, it's a deck building game. And let me tell you, there's a lot of art in a deck building game mm -hmm. every one of those even though they're a little tiny you know like two inch by one inch pictures like if i need 50 of those i can't do that like that's i don't have that's just so much so it's yeah. like it's a little intimidating still sometimes oh no i i definitely i people that are these double and triple threats people like hodag or we just had the um the guys from still lee uh still fleet and odd goblin and and uh he did all of the art for his own game which yep. is really great and I'm just like, stuff is amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's, it's um, so good. So yeah, uh, super jealous of, of being able to just be like, hmm, what's this thing that I want? Oh, I drew a picture of it. That looks great. Yeah, I totally get yeah, it. It's like I have things in my head and I'm like, I can't get this onto the paper like or into the into the iPad, whatever it is that I'm trying to like put it on. It's just not happening. So you know, I, I don't know if we touched on this a little bit already. Uh, my brain doesn't uh, doesn't still have it in it. But what was what was the impetus for wanting specifically to do a solo adventure game, and why one that is like dead gods and saints and angels and and you know the vibes? It was um, part of it was I got a lot of uh, the solo games I heard a lot about when I was at PAX Unplugged. Like I had my solo games there and I had people and I had a little like sign up. I had like, you know, a sign says Mork Borg and a sign says Cyborg and a sign says D&D &D, and a sign says solo journaling. And I would have people come by and just point at that and like, where's your solo journaling stuff? Like where are your solo games? So there is a lot, you know, there's uh, you know, people want to play games and there's they can't always get a table together. So like, sure, Sprinkles is Missing is great if you've got people you can play with. Um, as is lots of, as are lots of role-playing games, but, uh, I wanted to be like, you know, I want to make something that's going to be solo. That's going to speak to that group. Um, and, uh, it's the kind of thing that was sort of like a combination of, you know, I keep an idea list right on my phone in the notes app. I just always have a list of like random ideas. I'm like, oh, that could be a game. And just sort of, I look through there. I'm like, what of these things could I make into a solo game? And so the, I mean, dead gods, again, it was sort of like, uh, I had that that Facebook ad like plan. I'm like, I'm going to say something like really gay. I need, need those rage clicks. It's like, I want to just like put something out there. Your God is dead. Like maybe get people just like catch their attention with something like that. And so I mm -hmm. uh, started from there and where we, now we have Godspark. There we go. Yeah. And I love, I love solo adventure games. I, you know, I really enjoy solo journaling games conceptually. Um, I have a bunch of them. Yeah. I just, I just, it's just I can't sit down and really do that because I, you know, I've, I've got that 
ADHD perfectionism where I'm like, I can't just jot it down. It has to be the finished project, like as I finish it. So sure. the idea of just being like, oh, let me just do that. Um, like I said, conceptually, I would love to love them more or, or enjoy them more. But solo adventure games like this, where you can like roll dice, move forward, have a goal, like have a quest, you know, it's, it really speaks to me a lot. And this is exactly that. I, I love the idea of it all just being this um, quest that you can, and you can win, which is cool. A lot of TTRPGs, it's fine that you can't win. It's just about the experience, but sometimes I want to win a fucking game, you know? Which is why I feel like it really, like I said, it plays on that line between role-playing game and board game because you can win. And that's why I don't call it. It's like, I wanted a game that you can win, especially journaling games. Journaling games don't, for me, my games, they don't just end. You lose. You have to lose the game for it to end. Like you're going to die at the end of the game, pretty much. Whether it's explicit or not in like what I wrote or what you wrote, like that's pretty, we, we all know that's how this game ended. Um, and so that's fine. But like you said, like, maybe I don't want that all the time. Maybe I want to win. Uh, and right. so like, I, I, which is, like I said, I don't even call it a role-playing game. Yes. You're given a role in this game, but it, it's the adventure. Like that's what we're here for. Yeah. No, I mean, and it makes sense. Pen and paper adventure game is a perfect title for this. Um, so, so yeah. So as far as, uh, crowdfunding, mm -hmm. you are, this is going to be Kickstarter project. Yes. And it launches on Tuesday. What is that? Like the 23rd, the 23rd. So Today. what, and this is your, going to be your first kick Kickstarter, right? I know you oh, said you, you tried crowdfunding yeah. for Kickstarter. Do yes. you have, uh, like what, like, do you want to let, let's talk about Kickstarter. Let's talk about tiers and things like that. When people, when people back this project, cause they should, this sounds awesome. Um, what can they expect, uh, when their project drops? If you're going to talk about that, like, do you have multiple tiers? Do you have, are yeah. we doing hardback? We're we doing softback. Like what, what's, uh, what's a project goal? All right, so there's going to be PDF because everybody can always get the PDF, um, and then there's going to be a because it is Zine Quest. There's going to be to qualify, qualify to sort of be in the in the spirit of uh, Zine Zine Quest. It's going to be a staple bound. Uh, it's about I think it ended up around 32 pages. So it's not even honestly that long. It's a I, it's a bit of a bigger Zine. Um, it's not A5 format. It's uh, somewhere in between A5 and B5. Um, so it's a little bit nice, a little bit more room, which I wanted for some of those spreads. Um, and then, uh, there's, so there's going to be the PDF. There's going to be, you just get the paperback version and it will come even the, the base paperback tier comes with a couple, I'm going to print those, the, the play sheet, the saint sheet that you, uh, has the map and it's got all different boxes where you're going to be putting your, uh, God sparks. Uh, so I'm going to get that printed on some heavier paper and that's going to be included with all the uh, zines. And then um, the sort of the the, the top tier is just going to be the assigned edition, and then uh, a print of uh, Striga's artwork. Um, so it'll it'll be that, and that'll also come with some saint sheets. So yeah, there's our saint sheet, which has everything you need to uh, to track your game to play the game. Uh, and so that'll be printed on like some cardstock and tucked in there. So hopefully, we'll stand up to a few games worth of erasing and stuff. Yeah, I mean it's a great sheet too, and I love that. I love character sheets. Um, they're great. I love that it's also, it looks like, and maybe I'm wrong, you can fold it in half and not fold over anything, which is nice because you could probably just print these out on eight and a half by 11 landscape, fold those in half and have, you know, a couple of those with you to, to run some games if you want. Yeah, it's um it's laid out uh, six, by, six inches by nine inches. So it'll be a, okay. a six by nine uh, card. Um, nice. Yeah, on that. And so, yeah, it was uh, initially it was across a spread 
of a book of it when I was when I was trying still trying to figure out uh trim for the zine and stuff like that. But uh I ended up with this. And so yeah, you have the everything you need there uh to track the game and how it progresses. Yeah, it's you know, and I like this. Uh, Christian Christian in chat just said as well that he that they love this kind of sheet. It's the it's the play sheet more than just a character sheet. Um yeah. And for for this kind of game, especially for the adventure game, it'd be it's awesome to be able to just have everything that you need to run the game, to play the game, to everything. You could just pull out this card, pull out the sheet, whatever, and then just have that open working on just that, you know, flipping through the book. Because I assume at some point, um, just like a lot of the adventure games, you're going to get to a point where you don't necessarily need to reference the book constantly for right. for everything, especially if you have everything in a sheet. Exactly. And part of it was um, I've played games where They've got a, the the map is there on the page and the character sheet's on another page. But it's like if I'm doing stuff on that and then I'm turning away from that to find something in the rule book and then I'm turning back to that. Or, you know, this way, you know, when I play, when, when I played it with, I take the little red, uh, I grab some of the little cubes from like Terraforming Mars, like the little plastic cubes, and I like use those instead of like constantly checking and erasing. Um, to track, but if like I've got that in the book, and then you turn around, turn the pages or whatever, if you've got your token tracking your mark on your movement on the map, like you, you can't be turning the page because it's it's fixed, um, right. and so it will be that that sheet is gonna is it will be on the inside back cover of the book, mainly so if people get the book they can like photocopy put that on the photocopier and like get this. There's also you can always get the PD, printable PDF from my website for free. But um, but yeah, the idea is like if all you have is this book and you you could at least like throw that on a photocopier and get your own sheet on a separate piece of paper that you can play a game on and then throw away and you still have your your original right there in the back of the book. Well, that's one thing that's uh, a lot on your website, which is great to see too. Is you have a lot of like free downloadable content for your games, like a lot of the maps and stuff like that. You can just go right to and download, and that's a that's a great thing to have for everyone, so they can actually play your game, which is which is nice. Yeah, so I that was like a. Like, I don't know, remember I mentioned the first thing I made was that Mork Borg module. And that was one of the first comments was like, hey, can I get like a blank, an unmarked map that I can like show my players so they can see where they are? And I was like, yeah, that's true. That's great. And so I, and then when I started selling the modules as physical zines, I'm like, I can't hand, I'm not going to hand out a map with everybody, but like, I also have a place on my website where you can just come grab all that stuff for free. Um, all those supplemental materials, anything you would need to help run the game. And so that's why that's all there. But yeah, so that yeah. the same sheet will be there. So anybody that needs more can always print them. That's, I mean, it's such a nice thing to have for people for accessibility and stuff to, to like, you don't need a making people pay ticky tack for stuff like that. I feel like would be like more driving away than people being like, oh, this cool guy had this cool stuff and I'm going to download it for free. Here you go. You know, yeah. um, love free stuff. Really for the games as well. Um, so did you, so is that, that's our highest tier? Cause just like Pandion, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a highest tier kind of person. Um, yeah, no, I thought, so I, I thought a lot about doing like a box set that had those little plastic cubes. So you could move them around and had the dice. So you could have, here's your eight D six, like eight is about the optimal amount. Cause when you look at the Saint sheet over there, um, there's the two, squares that have the the six pips in them and so those are 18 millimeter squares when you print it so it can fit a standard 16 millimeter d6 so you're going to use nice. a d6 to track in those two positions um and then the most you would need otherwise are the six for the available gods part so like i was thinking about i could have 86 in that box and a bunch of those little red cubes and then some little tiles to mark on the map where the gods are falling and it quickly like this is i'm making a board game now and i don't want to make a board game right now 
Like I don't have the, like fitting all it into the box. Board games are a whole different beast. And maybe I'll be jumping into that at some point. But for this, I'm like, look, I'm just doing my first Kickstarter. Yeah, we're just going to have, we'll have a book. We'll have like, we can get some nice art prints for Striga's art and like, we'll sign the book. But yeah, that's going to be my top tier. Anything more than that is like, it's a little too much for me. Um, There's going to be a couple stretch goals. Uh, we're going to print some, uh, get some, just some stickers done of the God skulls. So that one, the ones on the cover, and then there's a, a second one that's on one of the spreads. Um, so we'll get some stickers for everybody. Um, and then, uh, another stretch goal is going to be two player rules. So I've got in my head roughly how you would do a, uh, competitive two player game. Essentially it's a race. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'll just, I haven't yet taken the time to write it all out and play test it, but I, I think it could probably work. Um, and there's room in the book for it. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, no, I mean, smart, super smart, uh, especially for, for your first Kickstarter, um, not having stuff is great. Stuff is for second, third special editions. When you know, you got a big audience for it. I mean, the number of, of, I've only backed a couple hundred kickstarters um and uh, i gotta tell you what all the ones that have bits and bobs and stuff like that especially for first first kickstarters man not only is it so difficult as far as fulfillment and all the the stuff but i mean it, the amount of stress it's going to put on you and um those are always a project that take longest to deliver and the longer you have from de- from funding to delivery the less people care about your game you know so it's it's yeah. You know, especially for early projects, it's it, it's much better to do something like this. You know, you already said accessibility was people. You know, you have you have the dice, so people can already have the dice. I, that's such a smart um, choice, in my opinion, to to keep it to the zine and a couple of things, and maybe in the future doing something. Uh, that's really good to hear. Um, anytime I see someone's like, here's a but here's a box with eighty things in it, I'm like, fuck, that's like an extra year right there. Like, like you have <laughs> yeah, to get all those things and put it in a box, and then I got to pay even more shipping to get it to me. So oh, yeah, no, it's like it's really nice when I can just do media mail and I can be like, you, it's like, sure, pay me five bucks, six bucks. I can get this shipped to you versus like now I've got a box with all these things and maybe it's going to weigh a whole bunch. Like all of a sudden it's 10 bucks just to send it, send it from like from here to like the next state over. And it's just, it's a lot. And uh, yeah. I don't, I'm just first, like I said, first time and I've everything that I'm doing for this, I've already done. I've already printed zines. I've sold zines. I've shipped zines. So like, let's just do a zine to get started. That's, that's really smart. I, I got to say you, you're like, Pro, you're kind of prolific already, at least as far as the stuff you put out. Like everything that I've seen from you has been really fantastic. This looks really great. Like I, I'm surprised I haven't heard more about some of the stuff that you've made, and I'm really hoping that this really pushes that more into I think the consciousness on on maybe it's just not Twitter. Maybe I'm too stuck in my own loop. But you you have a lot of stuff with a lot of experience with a lot of different systems it all looks fantastic it all plays great um and it's like everything you make seems to just be a banger so i'm super excited for godspark but do you have plans for like what's coming next after godspark i know you said you have like a note sheet of like all these ideas there's thousands of ideas um so the next thing that will be coming out is going to be the tarot card game. So that is uh, going back to journaling. Um, It's called uh, Endling. So on the topic of you die at the end of the game. So the word Endling in this respect came from a discussion on Twitter that that word means the last of a species. So you are the last human. 
Um, and so it's going to be, so that's obviously uh, not going to have a happy ending, um, but it can be a successful ending. So it's going to be a journaling game, but there's actually going to be um, a winning of that game as well. Um, it's going to use a, a hex flower uh, to track your movement uh, around the world as you're moving from where the bunker where you've been holed up while every other human has died um, to some as yet undetermined goal. Uh, so you're going to be moving towards a goal and the tarot cards, which is a bit like a anamnesis, uh, the idea of so. you, the, you draw from a minor arcana to give you a prompt, and then you draw from the major arcana to give you some inspiration if you need it to answer the prompt. Um, so it's going to be sort of like uh, one of those games. And then with the cards that you draw, you're going to be building the history of this last human. Um, and then if you manage to make it to the last, uh, to the end without running out of resources, because it is still going to be a, a bit of a resource management game, um, then you'll be able to figure out what it was that you had to do and why you had to do it and who you were doing it for, that kind of a thing. Um, but it's uh, all all of that together is 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 sort of built into this journaling game. So that's probably the thing, that's the product I've got closest to completion, which I doubt, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of these things like, maybe I'll do another Kickstarter. We'll see how this one goes. I haven't decided, or I'll just put it on itch on like a Sunday night and maybe somebody will see it. I don't know. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll see no, happens. I mean, and it, it sounds great too. Like I, I'm just excited to start just snatching up your entire backlog and, and seeing what comes next. I mean, this God's part of all the things you've done. Like, I love Mark work. I love cyborg. I mean, it's literally like all of this is all of that, you know, but, um, you know, solo adventure games, uh, like you said, a lot of people are really into solo games because a lot of people, you know, either, I mean, COVID is still a thing and some people don't want a whole table full of people or yeah, sometimes, you know, their friends just aren't into this kind of thing. So being able to sit down and have the same kind of fun you can have from like a D and D ish game or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, is, is really great. So I'm, I'm super excited for this. I love solo adventure games and this one sounds great. Um, Kickstarter is dropping on Tuesday, the 23rd. Yes. This yes. episode will, I'll try to have it up before then. No um, worries. But as far as all the rest of the stuff we've talked about, as far as Sprinkles is missing, as far as, um, all the previous games you've already done, where can people find those things? You're, I, I, you know, on the screen over there is your website, but what's the website and where can people find all the rest of your stuff? So yeah, so mallenhall.com, uh, has at the very least links to everything. Uh, I have my physical store there where I sell stuff that I also sell at conventions, which is most of the bigger products. So most of my modules are available there. Um, digitally, I've got everything on itch as well as like we, we had been talking about earlier. Uh, I, I do lots of like random little jams on itch because that's fun and fun to spark creativity and stuff like that. So I've got lots of weird little games on there um, on itch. And then I do have a handful of games that I put on drive through RPG, um, not the whole catalog there, but if that's where you like to shop, I do have uh, a, a few products uh, available through that marketplace. Gotcha. And then for socials, um, most places on M underscore Allen underscore hall, um, all that's, you can link, there's links to all the socials from the website. So as you know, socials change, which they do, um, all that stuff stays updated there. Good. Yeah. You know, and, and, and in the podcast or VOD or YouTube or whatever we're looking at, we'll make sure that all of those links are, are down below. So you guys can just go click on that. But listen, it's been really great talking to you and I'm super excited for not only Godspark, but all the stuff you have going forward. Like I said, you're, you're, you're you're pushing all my buttons as far as games that I enjoy playing and systems I enjoy doing. So uh, it's definitely it's definitely great to see, and I'm excited for for what's coming next. Well, thank you, thank you so much, and uh, yeah, definitely thank you for having me on. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you being here.
So, um, so that'll be our episode for today. Uh, definitely go uh, check out uh, Godspark on Kickstarter. We'll make sure that the link is in everything below, so you can just click on that. Um, and thank you all for being here, and we will talk to you all later. Bye.